0: This is Metal Mike, and in this episode we talk with winger keyboardist, guitarist, Paul Taylor. We hear about what Winger's been up to recently, and we look back at their classic debut and its follow-up in the heart of the young. Check it out. So Paul, welcome to the 80s Metal Cast. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks, Mike.
0: Awesome, Paul. Well, hey, you guys have been really active with live shows. Uh, how's it going out there?
1: Uh, You know, it's going good. Uh, Aside from all the logistics, you know, uh, flights have been a little crazy lately. And then on top of that, we've got a lot of weather craziness. We just did a show up in Lorain, Ohio with Firehouse. And our drummer ended up stuck in Columbus, Ohio. And CJ was stuck in Atlanta. And our other guitar player, John, flew in. And it got stuck in the Cleveland airport. So, but everybody, you know, we all flew, we'll go on a day early because the weather was going to be so crazy. And uh, by the time we had the show, everybody made it in. But, you know, between COVID and flights and, you know, it's been a little hairy out there, but, you know, you just keep on going, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's good that, that, you know, you're able to do shows again. Because, I mean, obviously in 2020, it was, it was bad.
1: Yeah, that was rough for all of us, Yeah.
0: What's it like uh, playing as a five-piece now? Is there some things you can do that, you know, you couldn't do in the past?
1: Well, you know, those guys are pretty self-sufficient as a four-piece without me as Mm -hmm. well. But, um, you know, when I'm doing it, it just, you know, allows for more, you know, guitar harmonies and, of course, more people singing because, you know, we don't use any tracks or anything, so... Uh, it means I can cover some of the lower stuff, and Reb and uh, Johnny can handle the higher harmonies, and so it just kind of sickens up the whole sound, you know. But uh, honestly, they're, they're they're pretty good even when I'm not doing it. So uh, just <laughs> they, they like it a lot better when I'm there to cover. Because also the other problem is when I'm not doing it, it means Kip has to switch over to keyboards, and John has to play bass. So there's a lot of switching around of instruments. So it just flows overall a lot better when we're all doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, we're, we're a family. I mean, you know, five of us love hanging out, So, uh, which is rare to be able to say that enough with a band that has all the same guys for 33 years, you know.
0: Right, right. So I've been hearing a lot of rumblings, especially there's been some clips online that there could be some new music on the way. Uh, anything you can share about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a new record basically in the can, you know, uh, all of us have done all of our parts. Um, Unfortunately, it all kind of is falling on Kip to get it all done. And he's, you know, amidst, I mean, he's just, uh, he's got a symphony that he's releasing with the Nashville Symphony. He's got a lot of solo gigs and we've got the winger gigs, and you know, so there's just a lot of logistics lately. Um, you know, we've had a lot of sub, you know, because John's out in the Starship and Reb's going to be doing some White Snake shows. So we've had our hands full just trying to figure out how we're going to get, you know, through this year uh, with everybody's shows and all that. So he's, uh, he's working on it really hard. You know, he's, uh, get trying to get all the final little, vocal stuff, and, and uh, all the mixes done. So, But it shouldn't be too much longer. I think a couple more months, uh, we should have it wrapped up.
0: Sweet, sweet. Now, you've always had some songwriting credits out there uh, on the Winger albums that you've been on. Do you have
1: some songs you've wrote for this one? You know, I don't, funny enough. Uh, and I, you know, um, I was actually writing for, and I'm not going to mention who, but I was actually writing for a couple other records. Uh, one thing I can mention, and I, won't, I can't mention a lot about it, but uh, I was writing a lot of songs with Mick Mars from Motley Crue and, uh, me and, me and Jacob Bunton that was, uh, singing with Steven Adler, uh, me and Jacob and Mick wrote a a lot of songs and, and those are all mixed. And I don't know if he, if, if, or when he's going to release them, but, uh, we've been, we had a good time working on those and they're really cool, I think. And, uh, and then I was working, writing on another record, which I, I probably can't even say what that one is, but uh, <laughs> hopefully they're all gonna be coming out in the next several months and I'll be able to talk about them. But, so I was kind of busy doing that, and by the time I flip-flopped back and to try to get some stuff in with Winger, you know, Kip and Reb are so darn prolific, you know, they, they already had most of it done. So, it's, it's you know, which is fine. I mean, you know, if I had had time to do it, it would have been great. Couple things, so,
0: the stuff with mick mars is this a different project or is this for a solo project that he's been working on for a yeah time?
1: it's for a solo mm-hmm. thing he's been working on for a long time and um you know he's sw- switched his ideas around a couple times of what and who he wanted to do things with and so we've got a good collection of songs and i you know um we're hoping that it gets released but uh, no word on it, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's pretty cool, cool stuff.
0: It is cool, you know, man. Nick
1: is, he, He's a monster, you know. He, oh, yeah. He comes yeah. up with really, really creative, cool stuff. I'm always amazed at some of the things that he, he comes up with. So that was
0: fun. I think for me, uh, and not to get off the winger topic too much, but you brought up something kind of interesting with Nick Marsh. Um, I, think I'm, I think a lot of us are really curious to see what Mick Mars' uh, musical vision is because he he writes a little bit here and there in Motley Crue but I always felt like Nikki Sixx was the driving force of the writing you know what I mean so I think it's cool when you hear something like Vince Neil do a solo album or if Mick Mars you know finally puts this out I'm kind of curious you know to see what what his yeah. vision is you know
1: Yeah well I can't say too much about it but I can say it's very musical it's very heavy um and it's really cool and i mean he he's uh i think people will be really surprised so um but you know but uh, there's no you know he's constantly trying to up it and make it better, and um, you know so I don't know when and how he wants to release it or you know how it'll end up or if it's going to change or there'll be new stuff. I really don't know, you know. So, but it's it's been fun. He's a great guy, and uh, really we've really had a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, hey, you know the podcast is called the Eighties Glam Metalcast, so we got to go back to the eighties. Let's talk about the winger debut. Um, I mean that's great. You guys came right out of the gate with With pretty much having a, a solid sound and it was pretty intact. What are your thoughts when you go back and you listen to that debut?
1: That's probably one of my favorite records of that we've done, you know, just cause you know your first one, man, you're always just, you know, I don't know, the angst is there, and you're young and you're just, you got your fingers crossed. And I remember at the time we were getting ready to release that, me and Kip and Reb. All had moved into an apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey, of all things. And because, uh, you know, we were cutting some of the stuff in New York. And I was still playing with Alice Cooper at the time. So I was having to fly in and out. And Rod, they had met last minute. So they had, you know, Rod had cut the drums for it and and had been, you know, put in as part of the band. And I, I didn't even meet Rod until the. The album was completely finished. As a matter of fact, I don't think I even met Rod until the final three weeks before we, 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 got, to, we got together and started rehearsing there in Hoboken and went out on tour. I mean, we had never played one gig together. Wow. And we ended up going out and opening for Scorpions for a month, you know, and our first show was, I think, in Minneapolis in front of like 13,000 people and we'd never played a show together. Uh, We had to get together really quick. I think our first show, they didn't give us a sound check, so we went out and we were basically probably terrible. Um, But they (laughs) they, they stuck with us and by the end of the first week, they're like, okay, you guys are sounding much better, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I saw you guys in 88. Uh, It was the tour that was Bullet Boys, Winger, and cinderella and i I mean i i thought you guys sounded phenomenal so you know it it seemed like you had been playing with each other forever you know
1: yeah it came together really fast i mean you know and that tour was i don't know to to all of us i think in all those three bands that was one of the most special tours we've done Um, it was just all of us had singles coming out and you know cinderella of course had been around longer and um you know and and we're just those guys i just remember walking out and watching them every night going man they just sound incredible yeah. um, but all three bands were real strong and and uh we we all got along really well so that was a really fun tour and i there's a picture out you know you can find it online it's uh the last day we all got together and just took a big picture of all three bands and that picture is still to me kind of I don't know, it's very special, you know, because those were just great days. Yeah, for
0: sure. And when you go with, to the album, you know, I mean, obviously you had some huge singles, but to me, I feel like I'm, I gravitate to a lot of the deep tracks on there, like, you know, Without the Night and State of Emergency, Time to Surrender, that's another one. It's like, So those are songs that weren't released, but, man, they're just so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I love, you know. Uh, and, well, Without the Night, you know, it's another ballad. I and, mean, of course, you know, you got to be careful how many ballads you throw into a set, but sure. I mean, we played it. You know, we did it in, in Japan a couple times, and we, we've we've pulled that one out of the hat every once in a while. Um, lately, we've been just like I don't know if you have been following um, you know online, but we just did the Monsters of Rock cruise, uh-huh. and we finally just did one. Th- well, we pulled a couple of old ones out of the hat, like we just started playing Battle Stations, which isn't on any of our records. Right, That's right. What we did for Bill and Ted, and then we we pulled out Hanging On and you know we have been doing time to surrender um we pulled out uh you are the saint i am the sinner um and then we did a medley of a bunch of songs from all the bands that we've played in and and we're gonna with that we're gonna keep changing it up because we still didn't you know like i played in cinderella and tom keeper and we didn't do any of those and i played in Alba nova and johnny our guitar player played with you know survivor guys and giant you know we didn't do any of that you know we did a starship song and we did a dixie drag song and a you know, white <laughs> snake and so i don't know we've been having some fun finally we had time to get together and rehearse a couple weeks ago and so we just you know put a whole bunch of new stuff in set when
0: i interviewed bo hill uh i don't know sometime last year i asked him a question i said you know you've worked with all these different artists if you had to create a super group from all these different bands who would you put in it and he goes i'm just going to tell you straight out he goes my super group would be winger at each position those are the strongest people i've ever worked with and i thought that was really cool and i mean i hope that makes you feel proud because i mean he's he's blown away by you
1: guys uh, that's awesome. It's funny you should say, Bo. I, I just spoke to Bo last week for the first time in probably twenty years. Um, so it was, it was fun catching up. I, I hadn't talked to him in a long time, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's really nice of him to say. I mean, and you know, uh, yeah, there's definitely some good players in the band. You know what? I'm kind of the all-purpose guy, but when it comes to you know, you know, between you know, you got Reb and Rod. I mean, even Johnny. Johnny's like the the secret weapon. I mean, the guy just sings his buns off, and he plays amazing guitar, and he's the nicest guy you could ever tour with. So it's cool.
0: When you talked about songwriting, and just a couple of things I want to touch on. It looks like Reb and Kip, like you said, write a lot of the songs, so it's hard to squeeze one in there. But when you write with... like, some, A lot of the songs that are on there, it's like you and Kip. How does the songwriting... Or how did it work back then? Did did he do the lyrics? You did the music? Or was it a, a full collaboration? How did you guys write together?
1: You know, like he said in one interview, and this is kind of how it got... Like, a lot of times, I'll be noodling around, and he'll go, Hey, what is that? Give me that. You know, and he... he'll he'd, kip likes to have control of how a song get arranged and so do i so he generally it's much more fun for him i think to write with reb because reb doesn't like to put songs together he just likes to write riffs Uh and parts and then so so kip can take tons of parts and just do what he wants and like with me i'm i'm a writer and you know uh, so anything i come up with i kind of know how you know so We tend to just kind of write separately more, um, you know, but like, you know, he'll just go, hey, that part you had, give me that, you know. So sometimes I'll just, you know, send him some stuff and, you know, he either comes up with something or he doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so.
0: When you get to In the Heart of the Young, and I think, you know, you said you really love the debut. I think I like In the Heart of the Young better. Uh, I feel like... There's some of the stuff on there is, is very similar to the debut, but then I feel like there's another part of the album that's a lot more serious and it's a lot more intricate music, maybe even more progressive. Uh, what was going on there? Were you guys trying to break out and try to do some different stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, in the heart of the young. Matter of fact, we had uh, it was much more progressive than it ended up being by the time it got released because the label heard it and was like, "What's this?" And we're like, right. "Our new record," and they're like. Uh, no. And they said, we'll release this, but we're not going to push it. You know, they said, you guys need to give us some singles. And so, uh, we went back and came up with Can't Get Enough and Easy Come, Easy Go, which both had not been written at the time. We had finished the record originally. So they just said, look, we need something a little more mainstream on there. You know, they so said, you could still have some of this other stuff. But so, and, you know, they were probably right. I mean, but, you know, we, we just wanted to, go off and be, you know, all all prog rock or something. I don't know what we were thinking, but, um, but it's, you know, that's the fun part about winger. I mean, we've got songs like rainbow and the rose and all that. And then we've got songs like can't get enough. I mean, um, it's, it's a good blend, you know?
0: Yeah, it all works, and it really, I mean, I think you single-handedly wrote the big hit off the album, Miles Away, and that's a great song, you know, I'm, I'm not always into the whole ballad thing, I tend to like the heavier songs, but I think when I go back at that one, I mean, it's it's pretty powerful, man, it's got a lot, it's got a, you know, it, it, I think it hits home.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, uh, gosh, I mean, I, I was just lucky on that one, I just, uh, you know, my demo that I had of it, I had recorded back in the early 80s with Eric Martin singing on it. Oh, wow. Eric, Eric's voice single-handedly made the song shine because I didn't even know how to record yet. I did it with this little Tascam thing or whatever it was, and I, I was awful at recording. So my recording of it, which I still have, is horrendous, but Eric just killed it. And so everybody that heard it was like, oh my God, that's a hit. And I'm like, well, I don't know if it's a hit, but Eric sounds incredible. You know, So uh, his, his voice really sold the song, and... But Kip heard it and he's like, oh my God, uh, you know, can we do that? So can I sing that? I mean, could we put it on the record? And I'm like, yeah. So, uh, we did. And, um, uh, you know, it was cool. But I, you know, and then he, then he turns around and writes under one condition, which I thought was I mean, so cool. And I thought, well, there goes my chance for my ballad to be a hit. But, uh, but then Doug Morris, our record company president, went miles away is a hit, I want that thing on, you know, I want that to be released for the single, and I was like, oh, cool, thank you, so.
0: Nice, nice. So, you get done with this tour, and and you leave the band, were you just kind of tired, wanted to try something different, what was the circumstances? Yeah, of-
1: at the time I left, me and Kip had done two, two, two year-long straight Alice Cooper tours, and in between it, writing our faces off, and then right into Winger and touring nonstop. We had literally just been like four inches from each other for six straight years, and we weren't fighting, but I think we were just both sick. We just sitting there and staring at each other, and we had nothing left to say. <laughs> I, I was just kind of burnt from the road. I just, I, I was enjoying it, but I was kind of, you know, I was always... Doing a lot of writing, and I had started writing a lot of stuff for film and TV, and I just—I I don't know—I was just like, man, I—I I never have time to do anything other than just be dragged around the road. And so we talked, and I just said, hey, man, you know, you guys continue. I'm gonna go do my thing. And so I—I I, I jumped out, and then as luck would have it, you know, I—I I ended up getting uh, pulled into this thing with Steve Perry, right. Journey, and we, I thought I was just going to write some songs with him, and then all of a sudden he started talking about, hey, let's write a record, and so the next three years, I sat and wrote a record with him, and then we ended up on the road for two and a half months, which was just amazing, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a San Francisco boy, so growing up under the Journey guys, I always always loved their music, and of course, you know, he's got such a unique voice, and writing with with him was an incredible experience, how he just kind of floats melodies over stuff, and you know, he's not real wordy, so I I learned a lot writing wise from him. Um, You know, and so we did that, and then we did the tour, and then he went back into kind of look you know just disappeared again <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know
0: it was weird when i was getting ready for the interview i was looking up some stuff on you and i saw that and i did not know you're involved with that album i've never been huge uh into journey or anything but my wife has always loved that song you better wait and and used to play it all the time it still does play it and uh, i always thought it was cool because you know even though it was 90s it still kind of had a you know, 80s vibe to it You know, still kind of had that song yeah. writing sensibility And uh, I always thought that was great But I had no idea you were involved with it But though,
1: very cool Yeah, I wrote, I think, what, about Eight of the ten songs on that record um, You know, uh, well, not me But, uh, you know, me and Lincoln, Brewster uh, Who's now a, a really big Christian artist And, and such a talented guitar player um, Gosh, I mean, you know and he pulled off the Neil stuff live really well. I mean, just, uh, you know, we during all the times we were rehearsing in L.A., I, I can't even tell you how many times people knocked on the door and went, who is playing guitar in here, you know? <laughs> uh, like, Seal came in one time, and, you know, just, we, we had Ozzy next to us, and every band that would be rehearsing next to us would come in and go, who is playing guitar? And, would, and then Lincoln at the time was like, 19 and he looked like he was 11 you know he, he looks he's real young and and it's so talented so
0: so without you they do pull and a lot of fans love pull i, I do too i mean it was it's
1: winger kind of at its heaviest um what do you, what did you think of pull I, I loved it i mean i i you know I, I like you know like everybody i don't like every song on every record that winger did and honestly i over the years, I, was, I haven't listened to a lot, so I get confused on which songs are on what anymore. But, uh, but yeah, I was like, it was the first one, and I, where I, you know, I was like, and I was like, hey, awesome, man, it was a good job, you know. It was, I thought it was killer.
0: So when you get into the '90s, some of the one thing that happened to a lot of the '80s bands, and I know this happened to Winger, was a lot of the things that were making the band successful in the '80s are totally out, you know, like the 90s, that stuff's not cool anymore, like the whole, you know, the big hair and the sex symbol thing um, what, what do you think of how that played out, do you think Winger kind of got caught up in all that unfairly or what are your thoughts about how for, we went from the 80s to the uh, 90s
1: Oh well, you know, we probably got it a little rougher than everyone else, you mm-hmm. know with the, the Beavis and Butthead stuff and Metallica throwing darts and all right. that and just but, you know, I mean, that's just you know, that's just the way it goes man, it's a rough biz and, you know I think, you know it was probably hurtful at the time, and, you know, it was a hard 10 years, because all the and honestly, I think most of us had, had thought, you know, by the mid-90s, like, we're done, this is over, like, right. we're not going to ever tour again, you know, but then starting the early 2000s, you know, it was like, what was it, 2002, when Winger, we weren't, in, we weren't together, and Poison and Cinderella called us and said, hey, you know, we know you guys aren't, still a band but if you guys want to pull the original band back together we'd like to take you out for a summer tour and uh, you know we were kind of like well cool does anyone come to shows anymore for bands (laughs) like us but so we you know uh we and at the time i was living in los angeles kip was in new mexico reb was in pittsburgh rod was in long island and john was in memphis i mean and we had talked about that was going to be the first time we had thought about like who's gonna do it? And we said, let's do it with all of us as a five piece. And so we were trying to figure out how would you know, if we were gonna do this tour, how would we pull it together? And our old road manager, Rick Fulner, lived here in Nashville and he said, Why don't you guys all fly to Nashville, ship your equipment here? I've got a great place to rehearse. I could put some of you up. Your first show is in Tupelo, Mississippi, which is only a hundred and something miles away. You can just jump on the and we were like, okay, well that makes sense. So We came to here to Nashville for two weeks and rehearsed, and that's how me and Kip ended up going, wow, this is a cool town, and we we moved here right after the tour. Oh, wow. So, but the tour went over amazing, too. That was the other thing. I was like, wow, we're back, you know?
0: Yeah, that was, and that's really what you see today, you know what I mean, when you think about what's coming up with like Motley Crue and Death Leopard, you know, playing stadiums, um, you know, a lot of the grunge bands, either they don't exist or they couldn't pull that off today, so it is kind of funny how, you know, uh, the tables have turned and, you know, people kind of realize that, you know, blacklisting, uh, all that shit that went on was was kind of stupid, and, you know, I, I'm just, it's nice to see that the music, you know, people still can appreciate it and go see it live, and it's, you know, it's not like it was in the 90s.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 wild how stuff comes and goes. And of course, you know, I mean, every style has its day, you know. Right. I mean, you don't go out to a concert and see a bunch of bands playing stuff like Elvis Presley or 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 you know, new wave or, right. you know, all the styles kind of come and go and 80s was no exception, you know, but but it, it's just had this weird resurgence Now, of course, there's all the cruises yep. and these festivals. You know, we just played that rock fest thing down in Key West, and giant crowd. And, I mean, last year when we played M- M3 Festival, I mean, it was packed. I mean, I, I don't know how many place, people that place holds, but I imagine it's about 12,000. And, I mean, it was packed. So um, it's, it's it's great, you know. It's, it's um, certainly great for all of us ladies, guys.
0: No doubt, man. Well, hey, it has been awesome talking about this Winger stuff with you. I'm a huge fan and, and always will be. Anything you want to say to your fans out there before we close?
1: Oh, man, just thanks for the support. You know, I mean, it's incredible that we're able to keep doing all this. And, and you know, as far as Winger goes, we're, we're all having a lot of fun together getting out there and having laughs and remembering how goofy we were when we were young but uh you know keep coming out man keep and keep supporting all your local bands in your hometown because that's uh, how we all keep going
0: really appreciate it man all right mike thanks thanks have a great night well that was great chatting with paul make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing rock on